I've been preaching a series of sermons on the further adventures of Elijah, and this is, the, this is closing out the, the adventures of Elijah. I love the prophet Elijah. I love everything about Elijah. I love all the stories about Elijah, and this is just another one that I love. And uh, this is at the end of his ministry. Now, Ahab, who he had been dealing with, you know, Elijah was real famous for dealing with Ahab, where Ahab got killed in battle. So another king takes over. His name is Haziah. So look at chapter, chapter 1, 2 Kings, chapter 1, verse 1. Then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. And Haziah, there he is, fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go, inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that you go to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. I want to preach this morning on, Is there not a God in America? Is there not a God in America? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come to you humbly. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, Father, Lord, I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will lead God, direct us, Father, into all truth. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would hide me behind the cross. And, Father, I pray a special blessing on these people that still love you. They still come out here to read your book, to hear your book preached, Father. They want to get something from you, Lord. And they can't get it from me, Lord. It's got to be from you, Father. So I pray, Lord God, like holy manna coming down from heaven, Lord, you would feed us this morning. Lord, give us what we need, Lord God. We love you so much, and we thank you for your blessings in our life, Lord God, as we went through these trials and through these tribulations, Lord. We thank you, Father, you get us out on the other side. And, Lord, uh, you're still God, and you're still our Savior, and you're still our friend, and we thank you for it, Lord. And we thank you for our brothers and sisters, Lord God, that are dealing with different things, Lord. We pray, Father, that you would be with them. Give them grace and strength to bear with what they're going through, Lord. And let them know, Father, that we do love them, Lord, and we're going to keep praying for them. Father, I thank you so much for our salvation we have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So, man, we got to go back up to verse 2. Let's get the context. What's going on here? Well, first off, verse 2, Isaiah fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber. Just like that. His whole life changed. And your whole life can change just like that in a moment. You'll be at home, nothing, just like you're always doing, up on the, doing something around the house, trip, fall, and that's that. And your whole life has changed. That's what happened to Isaiah. He fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber, just like any other day. Do you know that, that over 50% of the accident, in, accidents that cause injuries are, are caused at home or done at home? You know, when I, up at work, I know a lot of y'all work the same thing I do. At work, we have to have safety meetings. It's all about safety, 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 safety. So what, how, you know how they, make you, how they want to make you feel safe? They lock you in a room, usually right after lunch after you had a good meal. They lock you in a room, they turn out the lights, and they show some of the most boring videos man's ever created on safety. And we're all just, you know, trying to, <laughs> trying to stay awake and everything. And they're just shoving. It's all about safety, safety, safety. And I think about that, and I think, man, I'm lucky my wife's not making me watch safety videos at home, you know, because that's when all the accidents are happening. Is at home. They happen at home. Verse 2, And he fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick. And he sent messengers and said unto them, Go, inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. 
So he says, go inquire of Beelzebub. Beelzebub is the devil. That's the devil's, that they're worshiping the devil. That's the, the God of, of the Moabites. That's the God of, of, of the enemies of the Israelites. That's not the Israel's God, Beelzebub. So he says, go. And I want to be here and say this morning that if you have to go to ask your God something, that's no God at all. Because my God, you can ask him right here, right now. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to come into this church and come into this room and come up down to the prayer altar and ask God of anything. He can answer that prayer right there in your pew. He can answer it at home. God is the God that's all over everything. And if you have, if you have to go to your God, that's no God at all. And he says, go, inquire veils above the God of Ekron whether I shall recover of this disease. So you look at that and you think, well, that's not translated right. Because he fell down. He, he's either he's broke his hip or broke his legs or broke his back or broke his neck. He did something. That's not a disease. But break the word down. Understand what that word is. It's at dis-ease. You're not at ease anymore. You're at dis-ease. And when I know looking at men as, and, and being on this earth for a while, looking at men, men don't start searching for God until they get at dis-ease. Either a sickness comes into their life or financial problems come into their life, or marriage problems come into their life, or whatever problem it might be. Maybe they've, they're at the end of their rope. They're, they're mentally just shot, and they're at, they're at much dis-ease, and that's when they say, I want to go search for God. The problem here is, Hosea is going to the wrong God. It's a lowercase g God. It's a God that man has made up. It's not the real God. So he goes, he says, go inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Akron, whether I shall recover this disease. He wants to know, am I going to live or am I going to die? I just want to know the future. Amen? That's what everybody wants to know. What does the future hold? I, want to, I can't speak for you guys, but I want to uh, speak for myself up here and say, if uh, the Lord was to show up and say, Keegan, I can tell you exactly the moment you're going to die. Do you want to know? I'd say, No. <laughs> I don't want to know when I'm going to die. I mean, can you imagine if you knew you only got, and then it's over? That would change the way you look at things, wouldn't it? Might help you, amen? Turn you, yeah, it might help you out. It might help you, might, you might turn to the Lord a lot quicker than you're doing right now. Do more for the Lord. But verse 3, but the angel of the Lord sent unto Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria, and say unto them, Is it not because there's not a God in Israel? That you go to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron. That's a good question. Why, God is saying, is there not a God in Israel? Why are you going all the way down there to ask Beelzebub? Is there not a God in Israel? And of course the answer is, yes, there's a God in Israel. His name is Jehovah God. What are you doing going down there? And that's my question this morning. Is there not a God in America? Why is Americans, they're going to every God but the true God and wonder why things are falling apart. They don't like to hear this, but it's the truth and you can't erase history. This country, America I'm speaking of, was based and founded on Jehovah God and the Bible that you have in your lap. That's what this Bible's based on. You even have some men that don't even claim to be Christians, but that were deists. They believed in a God, and the God they believed in was Jehovah God. And they wanted this Bible, the rules, the laws of this Bible to be in place to, to make this country a great country. 
And guess what? They were right. It did make America a great country. We were talking about this before we even uh, got church going this morning, about equality. About equality. So some, what has happened in America, and it's a devil's work, he's so subtle, is we think all men were created equal. Well, that's not necessarily true. We think that. But some men were created with more intelligence. Some men were created with better looks. Some men were created with stronger bodies. Some men were created with weaker bodies. Some men, like a brother was talking about a man, uh, some men are created with a weaker intelligence. We're not all created equal. But the truth is, what the Bible teaches and what the Constitution says is that we should be treated equal. Amen. That we can believe in. It doesn't matter if you're weak-minded or strong-minded. It doesn't matter if, you're, if your skin color is black or white or whatever it is. We believe, and the Bible teaches, you should treat everybody equally. Rich or poor, they should be treated equally in the judicial system. They should be treated equally with whatever it is in life. If you're, if you're making a deal with them or whatever it is in life you're doing, business transaction, if you're friendly with them or not friendly with them, you should treat everybody equal that way. And Jesus dealt with that. Who is my neighbor? <laughs> They'd ask him, who is my neighbor? They, wanted to, they just wanted to have little people they could pick that they could like and other people they could just walk by and not pay attention to. Christ was teaching that you need to treat everybody equally. Even though they're not created equal. Right? Not every man was created equal. Not every woman was created equal. God didn't create them equal. That's what makes, them, that's what makes me, me, and you, you. God didn't give me the talent he gave Wade to play the musical instruments. I would love to have that, but I wasn't created that way. And I've tried and tried and tried. So then I went from not being able to play piano, not being able to play the guitar. So, well, I'll try to sing. Well, y'all can hear how that went. <laughs> he didn't give, create me that way. He just didn't create me that way. He created me different. But I'm me. But I want to be treated the same way he's treated. Right? We can agree with that. But what's happened is now we've evolved in this country to where now we're saying it, we need to be treating every, every action somebody does is equal. Then the actions are all equal. In other words, what I mean by that is your conduct is equal. So if you want to act a certain way, that's equal with the way I'm acting. And if you want to act a certain way, well, that's equal with the way this other person's acting. It's not equal. One, one person's actions are evil, and another person's actions are good. They're not equal. You say, well, who judges that? This book right here that this country was based on. Does America have a God? Yes, we have a God. His name is Jehovah God. Why are you praying to another God? Our leaders, and I know I've been harping on this lately, but it drives me completely bananas bonkers. We have a representative of this country stand in Congress and pray to Brahma. Pray to Brahma. To Brahma. He says Brahma. And then, of course, the idiot closes with amen and a woman. That's idiotic enough. He's praying to Brahma. And if we studied that out on Wednesday night, who's Brahma? Brahma's the god of the Indians. India. That's their god. I don't want to go live in India. I've got my own god. 
If you want to pray to the God of India, go to India. I live in America. I pray to the Jehovah God, to Jesus Christ. This doesn't go over well. It doesn't go over well. That's not very inclusive. That's not very inclusive. It isn't. It's not. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. I'm going to give it to you straight as it is. It's not inclusive. You know what? It's very narrow-minded. Yes, it is very narrow-minded. But I have a Savior that says, straight as a gate, narrow is the way. That's what my Savior said. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. There's only one God. And I believe America, the reason why America is America that it was before it started falling apart was because we knew the right God and that right God was a God of Israel. And we chose that God to give us his laws and we followed him and this country was the greatest country that ever be made. Only one outside that is Israel. And it fell apart because they turned against that God. Right? They turned against Jehovah God like you're reading right here and God turned against them and destroyed them. What's happened with America? They're going up there praying to Brahma, praying to some other false gods, praying to no God at all, saying we don't want God, and then we wonder why this country's falling apart. Because God's going to turn against us. That's what's going to happen. God's going to turn against us. Turn to Isaiah chapter 41. You know, I want to read you what God has to say about this. Jehovah God. Isaiah chapter 41. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 41. Yeah, they say that's uh, not inclusive. It isn't inclusive. I agree with you. You're exactly right. It's not very inclusive. But that's the way Jehovah God is. It's either him or the highway. Turn to Isaiah 41. I'm going to show you what the Lord God, Jehovah God, the Lord, L-O-R-D, known as Jesus Christ in the New Testament, I want to show you what he has to say about himself and how you can tell he's the God. Because you might be saying, well, how do you know that the Brahma isn't the real God? How do you know that the Indians don't have it right? That's a good question, amen? How do you know that the Muslims don't have it right calling God Allah? How do you know they don't have the right God? Well, you're right, they might. But right here, what we're going to read in Isaiah, starting in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 21, we're going to read how God answers that question. Because he does answer it. Because you've got to say, well, what proves deity? What makes God God? How's God going to prove to me he's God? And God says, I'll show you. Look at verse 21. He says here, and he's talking to other gods. Context of this is he's talking to other gods. He says, produce your cause, saith the Lord. Bring forth your strong reasons, saith the king of Jacob. Let them bring, let them, bring them forth and show us what shall happen. Let them show the former things, what they be that we may consider them and know the latter end of them or declare us things for to come. God says, if you're some kind of God, then tell us what's going to happen before it happens. You know what you find out when you get into other religious literature? This is the very first thing that pops out when you get into any other religious literature. There's no prophecy. It's missing. You know what makes your Bible so unique? You got prophecy in here. You got a God saying, this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. 
You know what happened? It happened just like God said it would. So you got prophecy written 2,000 years ago that said there's going to come a time, there's going to be one world government, one world religion, one world mark, you got to take this. They're going to have one leader, he's going to come in, he's going to take over the world, he's going to rule the world, and we're living in 2021, and we're like, wow, that's exactly what's happening today. Just like it said 2,000 years ago. Prophecy. Look at verse 23. Show the things that are to come hereafter, that we may know that ye are gods. Hey, just show us what's going to happen. Then we'll know that you're a god. Just show us. That's what, this is what God is saying. Jehovah God is saying, show the things that are to come hereafter that we may know that you are gods. Yea, do good or do evil, that we may be dismayed and behold it together. See what he's saying? Hey, Brahma, why don't you strike somebody down? Hey, Brahma, why don't you come in here and cause a hurricane to come in here and wipe out that side of the country? Hey, Brahma, why don't you cause a cold front to come in here and just freeze Texas down to as cold as it's ever been? Why don't you do something like that? Do some evil. Do some good. Just do something. I'm not scared of Brahma. <laughs> Amen. I'm not scared of Muhammad. I'm sure not scared of Buddha, little fat roly-poly guy. I'm not scared of him. I'm scared of Jehovah God. He has my heart in his hands. You know, God could just get, like I was preaching, I was uh, talking in Sunday school. I had a real bad attitude waiting in line over there, and I got real bad attitude, and God was getting fed up with me. I know it. I just know it. Say, well, prove it. I, well, you could have, should have been with me last night. I couldn't get no sleep. It was, it was real obvious to me. The point is, is that God tortured me. He was spanking me. He was whipping me because I'm his child. I, I, I'm afraid of the Lord. Because you know what he could have done? He could have said, you know what? I've had just about enough of Keegan. Give him cancer. Take his heart away. I hope he doesn't do something like that. But it's in his power to do that. Do you understand? We're talking about the Lord God. He's got the power to do something to you like that. Or he has the power to say, give him a couple more years. And dear sister was, Colleen was dealing with what she was dealing with. She came in here. I remember her telling me, she said, they didn't give me very long. But I'm not, not going to take that. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm going to let the Lord handle it. And he gave her all the time she needed. And she got to do all that she wanted to do before he took her. That's a blessing from God. And she was giving credit to God. That's the Lord God. Verse 24. Behold... Ye are of nothing, and your works of naught. He's talking about these other gods. An abomination is he that chooseth you. <laughs> God just said, if you choose these other gods, you're an abomination. I didn't say that. That's what God just said right there. You see that? God doesn't have very high opinion of you when you go to another god that's not a god. You know why he's that way? Because he's God. He's the creator. He can do what he wants. You understand when you say God, what you're saying? You're saying a being that created you, that can do what he wants to you. 
That's why when we preach the gospel about Jesus Christ, says, yes, you're a sinner. God didn't create you as a sinner. Adam messed that up for you years ago. But now he's going to give you this free gift if you'll take it, the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Come and get the gift. Because God loves you. But he doesn't have to love you. But he does love you. And we take advantage of that love. And you see people all the time, well, God loves me, God loves, God is love, God is love, God is love. Yeah, and God can do some pretty mean things too. We're about to read them. <laughs> We're about to read them together. And you can either say, wow, or you can say, I don't believe that. Fine, it's a free country. And it's a free country because it was created by Christians. And go to any country that wasn't created by Christians, and you don't have a political belief that you can have on your own. And what scares me is that today we're getting to the point where we can't have an opinion. It's starting to be like Russia. It's starting to be like China. It's starting to be like these other countries that don't have any God. Or they have a false God. And it's coming to America because they've gotten rid of their God. This is a story I was reading about in China. This woman in China says she sent her kid to school. Before starting school, I told my child about God's creation, and he believed it. But after being taught at school, my child is like a different person. In atheistic China, these pure and innocent children have been taught to hate God. This is what the kid said. The kid, her kid came home from school, and this is what she, he said. My teacher says that Christianity is a cult. If you believe in it, you will leave home and not take care of me. You might set yourself on fire, too. That's what they're teaching the kids in China. He went on to say the child also threatened his mother to renounce her faith because this is what the child told his mother. Christianity is a cult and you mustn't believe in it. And they have, I've seen this, I've seen this, I've seen this on a video. They have on the, in the Chinese schools, they got this blackboard and it says, in the blackboard in Chinese it says, believe in science and keep away from the cults, starting with children, we're the best. That sounds like America. Believe in science. Believe in science. Believe in science. And here's us Christians saying, no, believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 42.9, Isaiah 42.9, God says, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God says, I'm going to show you that I'm God, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen before it happens. Anybody in here know the testimony of Jesus Christ? The Bible says it. Revelation says, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. It tells you what's going to happen before it happens. Look at uh, Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, 9. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 9. Here's the Lord talking again. All this is a good theme. It runs through Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. Isaiah happens to be one of the most prophetic books you have in your Bible. Isaiah 46, 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else I am God and there is none like me <laughs> Woo! that's God he has something to say to you this morning I'm God and there's nobody else I'm God and there's nobody like me 
but I want you to be like this. I want you to act like that. I want you to be like this. I want you to be like that. And God says, I'm not like that. And what I say goes, because I'm God, and there's nobody else. So what was his problem? What was the king's problem was, he was going to another God because he didn't like what the God he had told him. Just like little kids. Mama, can, can I go outside and play? No, you need to clean your room. Daddy, can I go outside and play? Yeah, go outside and play. It don't make no difference. And then he goes up and the wife says, why don't you let them go outside and play? He needed to clean his room. We all as kids have done that, play one against the other. That's what this king was doing. This king, God says, I'm going to die. I don't like that. I'm going to go to this God because he's going to tickle my ears. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to make it. Everything's going to be okay. Don't, don't believe in that hateful preacher, Elijah. Don't believe in what Elijah says. He follows that mean God, Jehovah. Don't believe it. Everything's going to be just fine. And it's not. Amen? Amen? Amen, it's not. It's not going to be just fine. Verse 10, Isaiah 46, 10, Declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times of things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my Pleasure. God does whatever He wants to do. Look at ver chapter 48, verse 3. Let me show you one more and then we'll continue on. Chapter 48, verse 3. I have, chapter 48, verse 3. God says, I have declared the former things from the beginning. Tells you what's going to happen before it happens. And they went forth out of my mouth and I showed them. I did them suddenly and they came to pass. Verse 5. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee. Before it came to pass, I showed it thee. He said, I declared it, I showed it. You wrote it down, why? Lest thou should say, mine idol hath done them, and my graven image, and my molten image hath commanded them. He said, I, wrote, I, I told you all this, so your prophets would write it down, why? Because you'll say, oh, my image is the one that done this. My fate, God's the one that done that. That's exactly what America's doing. They want to give the credit to what's going on to something else. I'm not going to argue with you if there's climate change or if there's not climate change. But it's not climate change doing it. It's God doing it. God has control of all that. I give, it's not Mother Nature. It's Father God. Amen. That's, it's who, that's who it is. Is there not a God in America? <laughs> yeah. But we've forgotten about Him. We don't care about Him. We've thrown Him away. I got a question for you. If you've thrown away that God and you've chose another God like Baal or Muhammad or Buddha or Hare Krishna or, you, or science, science, most people's gods is science, honestly. Like China, that's most people, people's God is science in America. I want to ask you a question. What has that God ever done for you? My God has died for me. On the cross. Died for my sins. My God showed up and said, I forgive you. <laughs> the forgiveness of sin is one of the most beautiful things a man can get. I'll ask you again, what has your God done for you? Come on. 
What has your God done for you? You realize if you, your God is science, that science today is laughing at what science was saying 100 years ago? You know that, right? And do you know that there's nothing in this Bible that isn't scientifically correct? Nothing. Know that God says, hey, wait eight days, and after eight days you're going to circumcise that boy, child? You know what the North science finds out now? Well, guess what? The eighth day is when all the vitamins are the strongest in the baby. That's the perfect time to do that. You know what God was saying? Hey, go wash your hands before you eat. If you're going to do anything like that, you go outside the camp, you bury it. If something's dead, you don't touch it. If you touch it, you're unclean. You need to go wash yourself. You need to stay away from everybody else. God is teaching them about germs. <laughs> we didn't find out about that until about 300 years ago. We're only about 3,000 years behind God. My God is science. Hmm. Say, so you sure are making fun of them and mocking them? Yeah. Because they're mocking me. They're making fun of you. They're making fun of me because that's what I believe. And science goes right along with everything this Bible says. And then the morons sit up there and say, we haven't ever had any kind of global destruction before. There's nothing in the geological column that says there's ever been any kind of global destruction. And these kids right here can tell you, what about the flood? That's all the geological column is. If all a, all a fossil is, guys, understand this. All a fossil is is something that's died rapidly and been covered up with mud and then preserved. Now, what would cause something to be killed rapidly and then covered up with mud? What? By the millions. What could cause a Grand Canyon? What could cause the rocks in Utah where they're up like this and they got, this, they got the center of it, but there's like, it looks like a bridge and it's all watered out? What could cause something like that? Millions of years of a little drop going, tuk, tuk, tuk. <laughs> You're stupid. I mean, I'm just being honest with you. You're ignorant. You want so hard to believe that this isn't your God that you'll take anything but this God. And we're about to find out what's going to happen when you don't take this God. It's nothing good. Turn back to 2 Kings. You need to hear the truth. You've been, uh, people have been tickling your ears. Some, of you've, uh, some people uh, there maybe be, might be listening to me there. They're just kind of all, eh, you know, I just don't believe in that. That's just, that's a mean and hateful God and blah, blah, blah. God, I just don't want to, I don't want to believe in that God. Well, you know what? It don't matter what you want to believe in. It's the truth. It's God. God is God. I didn't make this God. God's God. I just recognize who he is and I said, he's going to send me to hell for my sin. But he's offered me a way out so I can be with him. And I can have a relationship with God. And I can call him Father if I'll simply believe in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And there was a time where I put my heart on that and I've never been the same. And here we go. 2 Kings chapter 1, we're going back now. Verse 4, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And Elijah departed. When the Lord says it, it's going to happen. Verse 5, Let's get on going. And when the messengers turned back unto him, he said unto them, Why are you now turned back? So they come back, and he's like, Hey, 
Why are y'all coming back all of a sudden? The king does, you know, the one that's sick. And they said unto him, There came a man up to meet us, and said to unto us, Go, turn again unto the king that sent you, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Is it not because there's not a God in Israel, that thou sendest to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore thou shalt not come down from that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. And he said unto them, The king said unto the messengers, What manner of man was he? which came up to meet you and told you these words. And they answered him, He was a hairy man, and girt with a girdle and leather about his loins. And the king said, He said, It is Elijah the Tishbite. Woo-hoo-hoo! His, uh, his, 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 uh, his, what has preceded him? Elijah's, Elijah's, uh, has preceded him. Everybody knows who Elijah is. This king knows who Elijah is. He knows that Elijah is representing God. So my point to you is this. This king, you can't say, well, this king didn't know. This king didn't know about Jehovah God. He didn't know about Elijah. He didn't know the truth. This poor guy, he didn't know what. No, he knew. As soon as they tell him, it's a hairy man, girt with a girdle, kind of crazy acting. Oh, yeah, that's Elijah. Know exactly who it is. So what does this king do? Well, he does what everybody in America would like to do to the Christians. He wants to go get them. Verse 9. Then the king sent unto him a cat sent unto him unto Elijah a captain of fifty with his fifty. And went up unto him, and behold, he sat on top of a hill. Elijah's up on a hill, and he spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king hath said, Come down. So he, there's one man up there, Elijah. He doesn't have a sword or nothing. He's up there. You know, he's, not, he's half-dressed, all hairy, got the little girdle around him. He's sitting there up there on that hill. And here comes 51 men, soldiers. Come on down. The king wants to talk to you. Why are they sending 51 men to, for one little guy? This kind of sounds like Waco with Koresh to me. You ever watch that with Waco with Koresh? Whenever they came in there to get David Koresh, they had all the cameras set up. They were going to make a big show of it. They could have got him. He always went running all the time. They could have got him in town anytime they wanted to. They wanted to make a big show, and they had all the cameras there, they had all the news media there, and it turned around on them, didn't it? I'm not saying David Koresh was right, but I'm saying that that's kind of what happened here. Some poor old guy out there living with some women, some other guys out there, and they could have arrested him anytime they wanted to, but they want to make a big show of it. So here comes 51 men. They're going to make a big show of arresting Elijah. Let's make a big show of it. Let's go make 51 men. Hey, watch, go, oh. It's not good. <laughs> Verse 10. This, is why, this right here is why I love Elijah. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of the 50, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him and his 50. <laughs> fire comes down. He says, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. And you see those men sitting there laughing all of a sudden. Whoosh, it's crispy. Burn them up. Whoosh. So what would you do? I'd say, Jehovah God is God. Jehovah God is God. This is exactly what Elijah did to prove Jehovah God was God. Remember? They had the contest. They had the contest. And Elijah says, whoever's God can bring fire down from heaven, he is God. And of course, Elijah did it. They couldn't do it. That was the proof, right? He said, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you. Whoosh. Verse 11, and also, 
Again, also he said unto him, Another captain of fifty and his fifty. Here comes fifty other men, fifty-one other men. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, Come down quickly. So he adds quickly to that. Oh, that's really smart. That's how you, you say, Brother Keegan, that's not very nice to call people stupid and idiotic. Well, look how, they, how stupid and idiotic people are. You see a guy get, fire comes down from heaven, burns him up. So you're going to show up and say, not only come down, come down quickly. And Elijah answered, said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy fifty. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his fifty. Whoosh. I know what some of y'all are thinking. I wish I had the power of Elijah on me. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know if he'd like be driving in Walmart and look over there at Walmart and see fire come down from heaven. Oh, there's another member of Indian Gap Baptist Church over there bringing fire down from heaven on somebody. <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. What I love about the Word of God is you've got to keep reading it. Amen? You go into the Gospels and there's Jesus Christ. There's James and John, just like a lot of us, James and John. And Elijah, I mean James and John and Jesus and the other disciples, they walk into a town and the town says, We don't want Jesus here. Get out of here. So Jesus, James, and John leave, and what does James and John say? Lord, do you want us to bring fire down from heaven like Elijah did? <laughs> Just like me and you think. Kill them, Lord, kill them. Burn them up. Jesus said, no. You don't know what spirit you are. Just go to the next town. So Christian, <laughs> the Lord just told you in those verses, you're not going to be bringing fire down from heaven. You're going to say, it is what it is. Let's go on to the next town. I wish I could tell you something different. Oh, I'm going to pray and pray and God's going to bring fire down. Why don't you just go to the next town? Somebody do you wrong? Forgive them. Move on. Jesus taught us that. That's in Luke chapter 9. If you don't, if you don't believe me and you want to say, I don't believe that preacher. It's in there. It's in there. It's in Luke chapter 9. So let's finish this up. And he sent again captain of the third 50 and his 50. Here comes the third. This has been 102 killed so far. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah. That's a smart man. And besought him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these 50 thy servants be precious in thy sight. That's a pretty smart man. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burned up the two captains of the former fifties with their fifties. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. He recognizes who God is and who's God's man. And he goes down and he, bow, he humbles himself down. This is a captain. Got 50 men behind him with swords. He's not stupid. He shows up and says, oh, no. Man, this, hey, I don't even want to be here. Let my, let my, let my life and my men's life be precious in your sight because you can bring it down. That's a smart man. You know what makes him smart? He humbled himself before the Lord God. What happens? Verse 15. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. All you had to do is ask nicely. Come down. Come down quickly. Hey, Elijah, I'd appreciate it if you'd come on down. All, all you do is ask nicely. Let's come on down here. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Verse 16, he said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron, is it not because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? 
How do you inquire of God's word today, right here? You got the Holy Bible. That's how you know what God said. How do you know what God said? It's written right here. How do you know that's, what, how do you know that's God? Because he said, I'm going to show you what's going to happen before it happens. That's how you know it's me. Prophecy. That's what makes the Bible amazing is prophecy. Therefore thou shalt not come down off that bed. Elijah tells him, thou shalt not come down off that bed on which thou art gone up, but shalt surely die. Verse 17. So he died. You know what the world would have told uh, Hosiah? Everything's going to be all right. Don't listen to it. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be all right. Elijah told something, no, no, everything's not going to be all right. Oh, there's no hell. Don't worry about hell. That pros preachers, they're just trying to get your money. They're just actually after your wallet. I don't believe that Bible was written by men. Well, yeah. That when they were moved by the Holy Ghost of God. But don't believe that. I wouldn't believe. There's no, I wouldn't believe in hell. God is love. God is love. He would never do that. Yeah, God is love. God is love. Not love is God. God defines love. And he defined it when he sent his son to die for your sins so you can have a place for him up there. God is love. But you're still going to die. Everybody understand my voice? If we're not raptured out of here and Christ don't come back, we're all going to die. Amen? That's, that's not something y'all don't already know. So he died. According to the word of the Lord, which Elijah had spoken, and Jerome reigned in his stead in the second year, Jerome, the son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, because he had no son. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? They are. That's where they're at. If you come to the Lord God, and show up to the Lord God, recognizing who you are, and know that you're condemned, the Lord God knows you're a sinner, and you're a sinner, and you're condemned, and you're going to hell. That's what this Bible says. That's what God wants you to know this morning. That you're condemned already. You're going to go to hell. That's it. That's why you're going to die and you're going to go to hell. That's, that's the words. But if you'll go to God, Jehovah God, through Jesus Christ, that can change. And it's only going to change if you go to Jesus Christ. It doesn't change if you try to go to another God, if you try to go to another religion. You try to get away from this God and say, well, I don't like, I don't like hell. I don't like the idea of hell, so I'm going to go over to this God because this God doesn't talk about sending somebody to hell. You're still going to die. And you're still going to go to hell. How are you so sure about that, preacher? Because everything that this God has wrote in this book has came to pass. Now, I can't personally say I've seen hell. But when you have all the rest of this book tell you something and you've seen it come to pass, I think I'll take his word for it. And I can say this, that when I believed that there was a hell and I believed that I was a sinner and I believed that Jesus Christ had died for my sins, when I came and I bowed down, I said, Lord Jesus Christ, will you save me? I'm a sinner. I don't want to go to hell. I know I deserve it. Lord, will you save me, Lord Jesus Christ? Something happened inside me. My heart changed. And I got up off my knees, and I know where I'm going, and it's not hell anymore, it's heaven. 
And there's nobody can talk me out of that. And my God is God Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is my God, and nothing's going to change. If America changes their God, go right on ahead. My God is still Jesus Christ. And that's probably going to get me probably put in prison and probably going to get my head cut off eventually. That's still the truth, though, right? No matter what they do to us, it's still true. They took Paul. Paul's the greatest Christian to ever live. Wrote 13 books of the New Testament. Doing God's complete will. God allowed Paul to be arrested. God allowed Paul to be put in prison. And God allowed him to have his head cut off. It's coming. <laughs> but God is God. And he does what he pleases. And he says to Paul, I'm going to show you something. And Paul said, I was raptured out. He said, I've seen things in heaven. He goes, I can't even describe. He said, there's no way. The eye can't see. The, the, the heart can't imagine what heaven's like. And then he had Paul's head cut off. And Paul said, I'm ready for my departure. I'm ready to go up there. See, a Christian realizes this world is not our home. Heaven is our home. And we're just passing on through. But the whole time we're walking, if we're in America or wherever we're at, we're realizing God is our God. And that's where we're going to go to. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. The Heavenly Father, Lord, thanks you so much for your grace and mercy. Lord God, there's somebody needs the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ, Father. Lord, I think I made it pretty clear what they need to do. Father, I do pray they'd come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, Father, they'd, that they'd recognize that, that, that you are the God. And if they don't believe a word I say, Father, I pray, Lord God, they'd investigate it for themselves. Look into it, Lord. And Lord, I pray they'd look into it, Father, and that they would look into it and find out if I'm telling the truth or not, Lord God. And they would find out that I am telling the truth. And Lord, I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit to move on these men and women's hearts, Lord. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already 
because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.